Across the Streams podcast, useless full information. We finally got Coach Martino. We skipped a whole season five with useless full. He's really busy. Uh, but we got the gang back together. Uh, I'm going to let them reintroduce themselves here in a minute. But we're talking education during the pandemic. Uh, part three of this. We've been lucky enough to bring this group together. Three. This will be the third time. Um, and, and always appreciate the conversations because we've got uh, a vast amount of experience and different roles and jobs within the education um, kind of network here in the state. So, Hatters, why don't you start? Reintroduce yourself to Cross the Streams Nation. Entering its sixth season... And over fifteen thousand listens. Jeez, that that sounds important or something. Well, we're trying. Why I'd be, I, why I'd be on this. <laughs> <laughs> we're all wondering that. Yeah, well, I wanted to find out what the heck Martino's up up to. But <laughs> I, I'll, for me, I had a switch in jobs since the last time I was on this thing. So oh. uh, I'm at Tigard High as opposed to Sherwood, um, doing the same role, just an associate principal there. But back. I, I taught there for 10 years before, so it's kind of a different deal. You go back and you know a lot of the staff. and uh, Super helpful to be in my spot and know, know a lot of the people. That's so. awesome. Coach? Uh, Jack Martino, North Salem High School. No changes. Behavior specialist. There's uh, a lot of new construction yeah. completed there. I know that. I drove by. That place is twice the size. Yeah. At Good least. for the Vikes. It's great. The gym's fantastic. It's really good. Stay together. The weight room's great. The wrestling room's massive. They yeah. had crossing the streams, right? And useless for info. We get on tangents all the time. I had a film turned in by a player that was playing the Vikes, and I had no idea until <laughs> I read the baseline. And I was like, oh, damn. That's the yeah. new gym. Like I told Coach Cam McCormick, you, you know, we both know works for me. Used to be the head coach. He was like, yeah, Coach, yeah. that's the gym now. It's not the old John. That's the gym. Oh, I love that old gym in there, though. They got rid of that thing? They did. They had to seat more than seven people. (laughs) (laughs) Love that behind-the-hoop seating, though. Yes. Yes. Mrs. Ione? Hi, everybody. I am still in the same job um, at North Marion High School, teaching business. I'm doing FBLA, and I'm the senior class advisor, so... Just back in person, so things are the same. Let's <laughs> start. <laughs> let's start here because Kelly and I have had many conversations while making our HelloFresh meals, and or ordering Domino's pizza because we're too lazy to make the HelloFresh meals. Um, about <laughs> a lot, lot of lot of steps in those right? meals. Yes, I, I know what the deal is. Yes, <laughs> uh, let's talk about masks. Let's start there because we know the twelfth is in in on the horizon. Um, Kelly, I'll let you start. And I got this a curveball. It wasn't on the prepared questions. I'm sorry. Talk about the impact of masks throughout this year or the impact of the debate over masks for you in your job with the kids, with the staff, with the parents. Um, I'll let Kelly start. Uh, Hatters and Coach, you guys kind of, you know, as she's going, can formulate your thoughts. But I, I know on the college campus, as soon as there was a date, I think it started off as the March 19th. The end of the end of the mass restrictions, and I think it's the twelfth now. That was a big. That was a meeting for head coaches on a college campus. So I know it's got to be front and center in your life. So Kelly, go ahead. Uh, well, masks have been. Well, it's now a year. We've been back basically a year with the hybrid and the full <clears throat> Um and it's it's a constant. I mean, but I've set pretty good expectations, and I'm on kids that it needs to be up. It needs to be up, and so it's 
I haven't had a lot of issues with it. My school specifically, though, we did have a protest two weeks ago where kids walked out and um, parents met them outside with their signs and they were very proud of themselves um, for protesting. But the date had already been set and our district had already said that they would make them optional with whatever the state decided. So at that point it was the 19th and then, yeah, we heard it was now the 12th. So for us at North Marion, we finish up our trimester this Friday. And when we come back next week, we will have four days of school where masks are optional. So that'll be our four day run at it to see how it goes. I know kids on both sides of it. Some are very, very excited and some are very, very anxious. So I'm not sure where I fit Mm. yet and Mm. what I'm going to do. Because I feel like I need to support both kids, both groups of kids. The ones that don't feel safe without their masks on, because there's definitely going to be some that are nervous to take it off. You know, it's kind of like it takes time for some, you know, to be comfortable. So, well, I, I'm not sure what I expect, mm. to be honest. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Hatters. Oh, man, there's a lot there. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, number one, it's going to help us. Um I think it's going to help us get to know the kids better. And I'm a, I'm a relationship person. And I think that's our leverage point with all kids is like, if we can build the bridge there, we can teach them anything that, that we need to. And, um, and I understand the kids are going to want to wear the mask and I think that's going to be okay for them to continue. I I honestly think the kids are better at it than the adults, Mm. to be honest, having been monitoring you know, numerous athletic activities. There's never a problem asking a kid to put a mask on. You ask an adult, it is, you never know what you're going to get. It's like and, you were sitting uh, next to me at the 6A playoff game I was recruiting at this week. I won't I won't name schools. And there was yeah. an announcement from the home team. They needed the vice principal. They needed the Scott Haddon of this other school because the visiting parents would not wear masks and it was a whole thing that stopped the flow of the game for about five minutes as the home side tried and the visitors you know the admin tried to reason with johnny's dad to just put your mask on we can keep this game going johnny's dad was not having it so much so he had to leave he came back later with his mask but he missed a little bit of johnny's game (laughs) so i don't envy what you had to do I've been called everything in the book. I mean, you call it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what your rating is on this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's, we're, we're, no, we got, you can let it fly. Let it fly. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's all sorts of things. Yeah. And it's a shame. It's really, it's really the adults ruining it for the kids. Cause the kids aren't, aren't, they'll find you put a mask on, they'll do it. Yeah. It's fine. Gotcha. Yeah. Martino. Uh, well, my perspective is different because I, I'm dealing with the discipline issues in the building. Yeah. And the first three months of the school year, we had an inordinately huge amount of fights Mm. and we'd find out, Hey, there was just a fight in this section. We got cameras all over the place in this thing with the new construction. So we get to the cameras and we got two kids in black hoodies with their hoodies up with masks on. Well, there's about 400 of those people in the school. Oh, gotcha. I didn't think of that. We had no idea what was going on. Right. Yeah. Right. And and as an old person, uh, 
I need to see someone's face to remember their name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a heck of a time with that. Right. Hey, bud. Yeah. What are we doing, pal? Yeah. Like, so many <laughs> I fillers. I know you. Yeah. But, but uh, um, I don't know. I don't remember your name. Even if you had your mask off, I might not remember. But um, so I'm looking forward to them coming off for that reason. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, Kelly's got a really good point. Like, how do you support both sides? It might be a little bit easier for me because if I get one in my office, I mean, I meet kids one on one in most cases, or two on one, or families. And um, if they're a mask wearer, I'll just put my mask on. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, I won't, I guess. I, I just kind of thought about that while she was saying it because you want to support both sides. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe that's my way to do it. But the, the masks have, just, have been a nightmare in my profession uh, just because of that. We've got right. a few kids that fight it. And we got a lot of teachers emailing me, wanting me to do something or our office to do something. Um, hey, his mask is constantly below his nose. I've asked him 10 times, mm. uh, what can you do? So we get the kid and we, and, and in most cases we fix it, but then he goes to his next class and plays the same game, but that teacher might not care. It's like anything else. So then it, it'll work for that period. Maybe the next period he goes into another one and the teacher's hypersensitive and then it becomes a big issue and then they, come into my office and they get their dad on speakerphone and we're having Trump conversations, oh, mass conversations. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't happened a lot, but it's happened. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and then I call for my bosses and I sit in the background and let them do it. Yes. The, I, I feel like in, on my side of things, I feel like the mask for student athletes that I'm engaging with most of the time, I'm not engaging with a ton of the, the Willamette population that's not coming through Sparks. But I feel like at the end of a bad day, the mask would be a problem. But if it was a good day, the mask was, like you said, had, I was like, okay, I'll do it. But if it was the end of a culmination of a bad day, this mask was like my last straw of frustration for my day. God damn it, coach. But, you know, the next day, if things in the lab had gone well or the practice was fine, the mask, you know, bringing it up or down in the team room wasn't a deal. But similar for me, like some days I'd walk through the team room, like how many times do I got to say in shared space we put our masks on? And then other days, if I was having a good day and we'd won that weekend, I'm just, hey, fellas, don't don't forget, put your, you know, so it was, I don't want to blame the masks themselves, more like my, where was my capacity at that day on it? So uh, let's jump to the prepared questions. If you, any of you three, pretend you're giving a TED Talk, surviving the pandemic professionally, what would be the talking points? And I'll I'll go first as a coach and, and let you guys kind of formulate your thoughts. I think... Staying nimble was vital. I think finding, and what I mean by that is being open to, yes, this is pandemic caused adjustment to how I do things. It might actually be a better way of doing things. Even though it, it's like uh, in, this, in this moment of time, this method of doing this in practice feels like this is terrible. I would never do it this way. But then after doing it for a while, because the pandemic makes you, you realize, oh, that might be an even better way to run dynamics than we were doing before. Uh, so I think that was a skill that I had to, you know, you had to stay curious um, and be willing to adopt new things that maybe the pandemic forced upon you and you hated it just because of that, but it might end up being a better idea. Um, and I definitely think you needed as a coach, you needed human, you needed like interaction, you needed to find a way to vent with your colleagues, whether it was your own staff, other coaches in your department, or even coaches like in your profession that you're friendly with or compete against. 
But I found real community in talking with people going through it. Like, man, you know how bad practice sucks? Yes, I do. This is happening to me too. I absolutely want to scream about this with you because you actually understand it. Kelly no longer wants to hear about individual group workouts during pandemic. She doesn't care. But you do because you're doing it with your guys too. So I think it probably opened up some community and relationships with coaches in my league that I didn't have before. Now I, I, I cherish them. You know, we like to beat the hell out of each other, but I, I really appreciate calling those guys every week still talking about stuff so that's that would be the coaching this is how you survive the pandemic miss ayon oh i'm up first um i don't ted talk anything so <laughs> i don't feel like i ever have advice to offer um i <laughs> Because what we've heard a lot from, you know, the Haddons of the world, no, it's not true. But, like, take care of yourself and, you know, find time to relax. And, like, we get those little, like, emails that tell us to find time for ourselves. I don't know if any of that helped me at all. I felt like what I, what I needed was to just have the time to get things done. Because there was a lot thrown at us. And so I appreciated any time administrator said, no meeting, this time's for you. Like I needed to just get it done. There was so much more to do with Canvas, with kids that are gone that need extra help, with the in-person stuff. Like I just valued at least our administration this year. They tried to do development and, and they finally listened to us. Like they, we don't have... We can't, our brain can't handle anything extra that we've already been given. So um, I've appreciated that just time, not not the go, go take time and, mm. you know, go get a massage or whatever. Like, no, <laughs> I just want the time to get my work done. And then you and just be feel... laying on a massage saying, I don't have lesson plans done, but it feels good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if that answered your yes. question at all. <laughs> but... If they gave you more time, you could you could get through the day. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a ton of other things that I've learned about this pandemic and, and how to manage and stuff and kids, but that's enough for now. Gotcha. Let them talk. Martino. Uh, no, Kelly's absolutely right. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. Our teacher's been begging for it. I think we had one meeting at the beginning of the year. Uh, people, I'm not sure people complained, but I think there was enough complaint, whether it's through the union or something, through our, our district-wide thing, and they just have just shut meetings down. So we have a late start every Wednesday for an hour, and that's all teacher time now. Um, so I know as, if, if I'm a teacher in that, I, I back Kelly 100%. It's always that. I mean, you always want, and I, I hope that it's something that where they where they say, and hey, maybe we don't need 14 meetings a week. Maybe I mean these teachers are busting their butts. They're they're subbing on their preps because we don't have any subs. We got 15 at one point. We had 15 teachers out and four subs um, when when uh COVID was bad in december and january uh, these teachers and their teachers are mandated to, i mean they're finding a way to mandate them to sub I, just, I don't know how they're doing it and and the only way to get that you know take time for yourself and take a spa day you need you got to take the full day off but mm. then you got to write your lesson plans like you know like you said i mean it's just a yeah. it's a it's a whole thing that i don't know how people in the classroom were able to do it um if I, I don't have to worry about that with lesson plans. That's part of the reason why I'm still in this job. In fact, that's probably 90% of the reason I'm still in this job. After 22 years of lesson plans, that was plenty. <laughs> but um, I hope that that's something that can that can 
move on beyond this is that we don't have to have all these meetings. What are we doing? That, even before COVID, we didn't need all these meetings. We needed time in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So even worse now. Yeah. Appreciate it. Harris. Oh, boy. You got all these big questions, Kip. Hey. You only talk like once every like six months. So <laughs> I got to lay it all on the line here. Um, agree with you. For some reason, I mean, both, both Kelly and Martino are speaking to to what I've experienced is it's super hard job right now. Um, and I, you know, I look at the young teachers that I'm working with and I tell them, Oh my goodness, like this is going to get better. Like, trust me, just hang in there. Just hang in there. You, you're a good teacher. We need you. Um, and it's hard for them to hang in because it's, it's a it's a tough job you're teaching a sophomore kid that has the social emotional intelligence of a seventh or eighth grader mm -hmm. we have one of those and in our might, house yes yeah, they, they, I, well yeah, so do we and, and, and uh so you know um you know the difficulties in that, right? Like, but here's the thing: if I'm a if I'm a gen ed teacher, I'm not used to seeing that in my classroom. I'm not I'm not used to knowing how to address some of the things I'm seeing in the classroom, um, and so it's it's super difficult and it wears on people for sure. And uh, and I don't think people realize like we're going to lose people. Mm, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think the vast majority of people that have been working online and they do their business job and they do that thing, like they're counting on the education system to kick in for them. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'd hate to see we're we got a lot of good people. I think that might walk out the door at some point because of what's gone on the last mm. three years. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the, and the people that have been there, they don't really have a choice, right? If they're a year 25, they're not going to go do something different. Like they're going to hang in and right. just ride it out. But that's not necessarily going to be good for kids either, right. right? Like if you're just riding it out, like right. that, that's not a way to teach kids. Like you got into this to make a difference for kids. And, um, and so there's, that's multi-layered there. But, no, I, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, from my perspective, I've watched people that have been in the, in the principal seat, right. Age, like the presidency, mm. like, like you, you're seeing, um, you know, you can see the before and after pictures. So like Obama and, yes. and yeah. uh, George W and all those things, like that's real for those people that are in those positions. Right. Um, because you, you're not going to win. You're just, you're constantly getting hit over the head with the baseball bat. And it's, it's a super tough spot to be in. So the, what, what do you think the kids would say to that question? If you, I mean, I, I don't know if there's ever been a time, you know, we talk about generations, but I don't know if there's ever been a generation, you know, what's awesome going to school, freaking great. I think as you grow older, right, you mature, you realize the value. But when you're 13, 14, I don't know if the 1950s person was like, woohoo, homeroom, right? I don't think that's necessarily the case either. But what would kids say about it now? You know, and, and we, Martino, I know your kids are, are older now, not in that system, but Hatters, we got kids that are in it. 
I don't know what ours would answer. You know, would, they've I, been okay. I yeah, it's different. I'm sure at every grade level, but um, I know some of mine are relieved to be back in school because they were juggling job and school. A lot of them when we were in in the distance learning, and it meant one of the things slipped, which was school because it was so easy, you know, to not be an online class or whatever and catch it later. And I know some of them came back just exhausted. Mm. Um, I, the ones that graduated on, and I don't think I've ever been more stressed out. I mean, you saw me last yes. year trying to get kids to graduate last right. year. I had a group of seniors I'd had from freshman to through, and I, I don't, I'd come home and just be like, this one kid won't answer my calls. This one kid won't do the work. Yep. The kid, because he was going to work all day. Right. And then thought he could just, you know, squeak it out and i was that's just one kid it was so many kids. oh yeah um and so i think that this second group coming in the seniors now i think a lot of them are just relieved to just be kids again you know some of them still have jobs but it's more manageable before they were like called on to do heavy lifting mm. and try to juggle two things so i mean this the things they would say compared to our kids who just went to school i mean yeah. they just they were middle schoolers and we yeah. You know, at an age where they they showed up every day and they did their work and so you're going to you would get a different story from every level, but I know some of my kids were really leaned on by their families. So Martina, you mentioned the fights, you know, you think that and you know, how does you it ties in with the socio emotional learning? Is that a correlation? Is that what you're seeing in the vibe or has this year been kids are excited to be hate the new normal. God, I need to find a new way. Are they just excited to experience this year differently than last? I, I don't know what. Um, most of our fights, like I said, were in November. We've had a few okay. scattered since, but there were tons. I mean, September was, we had more fights in September than, than I've had in any three-month span ever in seven, eight years on this job. Yeah. Um, they were just trying to figure out how to be together again in a spot with 2,300 people in a huge building. Um, I, I think different, I mean, the kids I deal with, again, I'll speak to it from my perspective. Um, I wouldn't see you, your guys, kids in my office, mm. they, it, it, the kids who have a stable life, I think where they've got people with them, helping them with online stuff and, and helping them prepare, getting back in the building. Um, they're going to adapt a little better would be my guess with, with, with the five kids you guys all have. Um, combined they probably have uh, access to a team of problem solvers you know what i mean like right. i can right. run this off older brother dad mom i got a lot of people to convey this to right yeah and maybe yeah. some of these other kids they it's solo solo dolo yeah they're just they're they're trying to figure it out on their own and they and they can't we got them in 90 minute periods i mean that's yeah that's the that's a huge thing for us they've spent a year sitting on their couch in the best case scenario they're sitting on their couch with their phone or with their PlayStation on and doing work, yeah. kind of doing work. And then we throw them in a building with 2,300 people and say, yeah. go sit for 90 minutes. Well, they can't sit for 90 minutes. Right. And uh, they literally cannot. And they're getting up and walking out and mm. disappearing. And we're getting emails nonstop from the first day of school on. Hey, he's gone. I don't know where he went. We're trying to find him. The school's massive. We don't have enough people to go yeah. chase him. Yeah. We got teachers out. We got subs in. <laughs> I mean... It's, it's from, from my perspective, they, those kids don't have as much at home in many cases. Um, and we need to try and support them in the building as best we can. Yeah. Because yeah. of that. It's tough. Hadn't. 
<laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, huge equity issue, right? Like we're always trying to make things like we're trying to close the gap and do all these things. In the last three years, what we did was we just aided all the privileged people, right? Mm. Like we documented privilege in the educational system is what we did. Right. Um, and we tried, we tried to, to, we'll get you the computer. We'll get you the internet access. We'll do all those things, but that's not what happened. That wasn't the reality here. And so, um, boy, is that deflating Yeah. uh, for somebody that's, that's in working against that every day and trying to make that better. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you're feeling a little bit, um, in the system is that teachers are feeling that administrators are feeling that across the board is that, you know, um, we've just widened what, you know, what we've got here and, um, doesn't make us feel real good yeah. about what we're doing. Yeah. So that makes um, me think hadn't I was lucky enough to be on a, a you guys been on Twitter space yet? I knew nothing about it till I got invited no. to be on a Twitter space. Don't know what that is. Okay, So yeah. pretend it's a podcast that you don't get to talk. You just get to listen unless you are tagged. Kip talk. Okay. Nope. Shut up now. But it was the NBA's <laughs> director, <laughs> director That's of, uh, you, right. Director of <laughs> mental. I need somebody to pull the plug sometimes. Like, yeah. Enough. Okay. Word salad, word vomit. We're done with you. Uh, but she mentioned, I, th- I think this applies to what we're talking about, especially hadn't talking about the equity gap. When some of our kids and our teachers too, in admin, when their day to day the last three years has been purely survival mode, right? It is just purely survival. Get, can I make it 7 a.m. to 7 p.m.? Whoever, whatever role you may be. If you live your life that way, then everything is perceived as a mortal threat. Then it's really hard to live in that state of threat assessment constantly. So whether you're a freshman, right, that you've been you've been managing all the things, Kelly, you mentioned with your day to day. Now that teacher's boring lecture really is like a threat to your being like, I cannot do this. And, and, or you're you're the teacher in that room. You manage. You got to find a way to get your kids to school. You got to find a way to get them home because you're still working. And now that kid that walked out is a threat, a complete like over the top. Like you're not going to be able to handle it the way you want. And then folks in your guys's role, that's the 14th one you've had first period. Right. Right. So now that one is not your usual capacity to deal with it with a calm mind, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a, you know, a reasonable cognitive approach because it's the end of your string, too. So the buildings themselves. Right. I feel like just getting the buildings to that last bell when it empties and all the kids are in one piece. That's probably a good job, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, let's take our first break and come right back. And we're so, trying to fix it now. We're swimming upstream. You can't fix it now. Right. Twenty three hundred kids in the room. Too late now. now uh, that that makes me hatters. That makes me. I think you're already a- answering this next question. What was spawned from necessity that might be an innovation in teaching versus what was spawned from necessity and we need to get rid of it now for the kids. The structure of education. Right. I mean, I, I've been on this kick lately. I can't remember who I stole it from. Evolution requires extinction. Right. To become the best version of yourself, you have to shed some things like it has to happen, Um, whether that's your tendency to throw the ball away on a pick and roll read. We got to get rid of it so you can become a better (laughs) pick and roll player or, you know, bad habits. Right. Bad habits as a human being. But like in education, too, 
it's, there's so many things you guys have said that's got my mind thinking. Like even on the idea of, okay, career teachers been in it for a while can stick it out. There's incentive to, and maybe some foundational stuff they can do that allows them to stay. But if that young batch of kids, I think back to having you and me and McCray coming into McKay, I'm not saying we are God's gift to innovation, but that new batch of inno like teachers that are new and excited, they're thinking of new stuff. They're, you know, they're doing things in a new way. And if we miss out on that group, now we're stuck. We're not evolving. So it, it makes me think of all these things. Like, wh how, what have we learned to change for the better for this, this, these kids? Who's up oh, first? Anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we need about five episodes. Right? This thing. <laughs> give but me I, one. Give I, me a I, good I, thing. Let's go good thing. You can shout out a teacher, a school, a district, somebody uh, that's like, this was awesome. Good for you. Eight, I would say the number one thing, like seat time doesn't equal learning. Oh, great one. So just because a kid's sitting in your class doesn't mean they're learning. And we got all wrapped up around these kids that were sitting online and not doing anything and da da da, da. Well, that's how they are in your class when they're there. Mm -hmm. They're they're checked out and not thinking about stuff. And, and so we need to figure out like, we got to get away from because I sat in a class for 90 minutes. That means I learned. Yeah. Just osmosis. Now I'm a, now I am a genius. Yeah. That's not how it works. Like, like learning is not time bound, right? It, it can occur at different points it, and for, for every kid. And, um, I just, I just like to see us adopt some sort of more flexibility or let's meet the needs of each kid rather than, everybody's going to fit into that martino you said that 90 minute block right that's just ridiculous i mean we're in that right now you're expecting a, a freshman kid who had spent two years in online at middle school to sit there for 90 minutes and do math that's insane yeah so i don't know that's a that's a big one that i'd switch I love, yeah. is it we gotta we gotta get out of that love it um I mean, I agree with that. I'm thankful we're trimesters, so it's a 63-minute period. I've never taught in a 90-minute period. I don't ever want to. <laughs> I'll do it. Sounds I'll awful. Do it. Um, I, I liked, I liked the Monday workday, and when I hear from kids, they really liked it too. They really felt like they needed a Monday. I know, I know there's lots that didn't use it the way we had hoped that they would. Um, I'm sure there's teachers that didn't use it the way we hoped that they would, but I felt like for me, those Mondays, I did more communicating. I know it was online, but I did more reaching out like, Hey, I noticed this is missing. Hey, I saw your grade as this where well, I don't have the time for that. And I feel that guilt. Like, I know I can walk over to a kid now and I can check in with them, but I don't have the same amount of time to go through my grade book and, and see the kids that are falling through the cracks the same way I felt like I did on those Mondays. And that's speaking to me specifically. I don't know what other teachers did, but um, like that's <laughs> all I've talked about right now mm. on this podcast is I need more time. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you teach it, you do. I, it, yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, and kids are um, amazing. They're wonderful. I'm so happy to have them back, but they are a time suck and they take my time because <laughs> it is it's a lot of counseling and you spend time in those conversations and then I realize that I've done nothing you know of the work that needs to be done <laughs> so that's me you know mm -hmm. trying to balance time but um 
I know the kids have asked for that. They've, they've said that they really liked that. And even we had a shorter day um, last year. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really nice. Um, I don't know. Those, are, those are my those are good. thoughts. Martino, seen anything in the building, heard teachers that have, have found new that's been effective? Uh, I think most of them like, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. But I, I, I like the option in my, in my part of the job of having Canvas. So mm. there's, and everybody's got a Chromebook. So we can, if we do have them in our office and they need a break for an hour, we can sit them down and have them get on Canvas. And if we have time, sit with them and help them get through some stuff. So I like that option. I like that our district has incorporated an online school, which I've been pushing for mm. in, in our office for years because we get kids, freshmen that come in, even sophomores that are like this, I, I can't do this in this big building. This is too hard for me. I need another option. I'm willing to learn online. We never had that option before. So now we had all these kids with options to, to get into it. Uh, awesome. We've had three or four freshmen this year that just weren't making it in a, probably more than that, but particularly in my office, three or four that needed to get out. Their parents wanted them out. They can't handle it in there. They're having too many problems, whether it's behaviorally or uh, mental health wise. Um, can we get them into the online school? Well, that's been harder. I'm hoping that becomes easier because kids try to start it in, the freshmen are gonna try and start it in person. And by October, November, figure out that I can't do this in this place. Yeah. It's too big, 90 minutes is too long. I, I, I was thriving in what I did last year. I probably should have signed back up for it and I didn't. And now it's like pulling teeth to try and get them into it. But they go through an appeal process. And it's got a, they're on trimesters and we're on semesters. So um, it's hard to get them in and, and make it all match up. Um, but I really like that option that we have in our district now that that we didn't have before. And, and to Kelly's point about having four days a week or one week where one day a week where they're not there, I think it sounds like our district had, and maybe you guys did too, I think there was a serious discussion in, in early October about Wednesday's a late start throughout the district. I think there was a serious discussion about killing Wednesdays and making them stay home mm. um, or giving the option to come in because yeah. every school was having fight issues. There was chaos everywhere throughout the district at the high school level and uh, teachers were losing their minds, understandably so. Um, so I, 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 there was really a time there where I thought maybe we were going to do it. And things kind of mellowed out a little bit in November, but um, I think everybody could use uh, some less time in the building. Huh. Agreed. We went. I mean, and we went right in the middle of January. I mean, I'm sure you guys know we we took a week and a half off mm. and did online yeah. school for a week uh, and a half at Tiger to Alton. So, um, and it was it was to be honest with you, it was the best thing we did. Oh wow! Like. Cause we were pulling we were contact tracing, pulling kids out of class. We literally had like, you know, 60% attendance or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was good. It was good, good for the community, good for kids. And our attendance is way better now. And, and the kids showed up, the attendance got better and online mm, wow. all of a sudden. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you, Martino. You, you, <laughs> the 2,000-person school isn't for a lot of kids. No. Um, 
And maybe that's one of the things too, is that like, why are we stuffing everybody into a 2,500 person school? Mm. Maybe it's gotta be a smaller space where you're a little more concentrated or, or maybe you take a class here and you take a class there and it's a little bit more piecemeal as you mm. go from your junior to the senior year. What's the, who's the driver of change in the, in Oregon education? It could be district for district, but is it parent based? Is it teacher feedback based? And I say that's cause I'm as a, in a very smaller scale trying to figure out what's the language of change for my team. You know, what is the language of change that will allow buy-in to new? And if a pandemic that basically shuts down the system only results in the people sprinting back to that same system, just like <laughs> t- t- gnawing their way back to the cage they already existed in, that really worries me about change, right? Yeah. So what, what I'm, I'm super kidding. positive, super positive on this podcast. But what, what what's going to be? <laughs> we're really, we're really drilling. Right, who's, <laughs> who's taking notes? Who's, who's yeah. like, you know what, over these three years, I took some notes. And here are some things that we can do better for kids. And I'm not saying that's a universal fit. Like, not everybody's, you know, not cognizant of that. But wait, where does that come from? What, is it through the boards? Is it through, I mean, I, I don't want to champion all of the... Uh, the MAGA crowd assaulting school board meetings. I, I don't want that either. But what what is the impetus for new and change in this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. But all through uh, last year, I just kept thinking and, and saying to some teachers I talked to, we better have a plan when we get back in that. Mm. There better be. We better be able to see what the changes are, what the plan is. And, yeah. and I'm not sure there was enough. I think there was some, but I don't think there was enough. And and I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. I can tell you, we didn't change one single thing. Same no. schedule, same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Us too. We just like cut yeah. out the things that are fun, you know, because mm. of COVID, like no assemblies and, you know. Right. right. Well, it was no dance and then parent protest and then, oh, there's a dance. <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah. But we, yeah, nothing straight back to all, all the same. So that I is, that is disappointing. We... This might be less an educational system and maybe just a Kip soliloquy on the glacial movement of change in humanity. Maybe I should write a thesis <laughs> statement and get super deep into this, but go ahead, Ed. No, I, I, I feel where you're going on that. I think sometimes um, in my spot, it's how do I, how do I push you know, what, what we're talking about, right? Like we're talking about all these things. Right. And, um, sometimes it feels a little bit big, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. like you just can't get there, but that doesn't mean you stop, you know, like it's like the kid that you called 10 times and they haven't answered. That doesn't mean you stop calling. Right. Right. You you still, you still call them and you still make the, the commitment to them. And, I, I think that's part of it. Um, and I, you know, I don't have the answer on that one, but it, it, it I do know this. If we're thinking we're going to just rescue, everyone thinks we're just going to rescue the kids one by one. Like every teacher thinks I'm going to rescue my kids. I, I got them one by one. I'm going to bring them up. That's not how it works. Is mm. you got to work on the system, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and there has to be that. There has to be that one by one thing, 
but we got to switch our systems here yeah. because we're, we're creating a bunch of outcomes that we don't really like. And it, we know how it's going to roll out. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we got, we got to work on that. And, and whether that's the district working with the admin and the teachers and everybody on the same page of going forward, it just feels like there's a super amount of infighting right now. Yeah. And there's not time to do anything else except for fight about it. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Uh, yeah. I do feel and, like all uh, the stakeholders are at each other's throats when maybe it's the system oh, creating that. They're just at the end of their rope. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, and, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Have you got the last one? Last one. I know because we could go for five more episodes. This is a little lighter. Okay. Just an observation could be completely grounded in nothing. At, a, at another OSA playoff game this past week, the Bearcats are out in the prowl. Bearcats are looking for new Bearcats. Okay. Um, big student <laughs> section. Six, five point guard. Right. <laughs> big student section didn't say a word. The entire game. Are you guys noticing? It doesn't have to be at a game, but like, I wonder how much are kids un like not used to being with each other. Like even the social norms of interaction. How much have we lost and or still trying to rebuild? Because we all, I think we'd all agree, and across humanity, we we do need to know how to exist with others. Um, but I watched this group, and all the parents were like mad at them, and I was like, guys, this is like the second game this school's allowed fans. Like, I, I'm not sure these kids, like you mentioned, years. yeah, these like kids were seventh graders. Mm-hmm. And now you want them to be super loud in this play. I don't know that they know how. Mm-hmm. But uh, observation, it doesn't have to be on the, you know, on crowds, but just on how they're around each other. Well, they're not having assemblies to practice being loud. True. To Kelly's point. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was the thing. When I student taught at North Salem, Martino, one of the best things I watched was class by class cheering competitions. Like I yes. left on Friday. Same thing McKay did when we were all there. Yeah. I left yeah. kind of jazzed up. Like that was yeah. dope. Sophomores gave oh, yeah. shit today. Get the juice one. Yeah, yeah, that stuff was cool. But it was like practice. It was like this is what we do. We say yeah. these five words over and over loud. Yeah. These kids were standing and just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was. I, I announced. <laughs> I, I was a PA announcer for basketball at North Salem this year, and there was a few games where you could hear a pin drop, and it wasn't. It was, people were allowed in there, mm. but the parents were quiet. There were no fans for either school. It was really weird. Mm. There were no cheerleaders at, the, at this particular game, um, and uh, yeah, no, it was. It was really weird like really eerie multiple times where i'm like yeah oh my gosh this is like it's like a summer league game no one's in here yeah uh strange i did football too seemed a little bit better at football but basketball was was strange throughout i did go to a playoff game went to wilsonville central playoff game friday night and uh central traveled well packed that place and the wilsonville student section was good central section was the student section wasn't great, but the cheerleaders were loud mm. for both spots. I mean, so that was kind of good to see, maybe because it was a playoff game. But uh, there were some times at, at a few games where I went, oh, my God, this is – I don't even think I need to be here. No one's listening. Yeah. Like, what are we announcing? <laughs> do the hallways feel as loud? Do teachers have the same, like, shut up, Jimmy? Do they have these problems? <laughs> is it the same in that interaction in those uh, spaces? Yeah, that's, that's the same. There's not too much change there. Our hallways are full – 
we got kids with no urgency to get to class. We're going to take their 10-minute break to start the period off. Yeah. That's their plan. Yeah. Well, we um, our brand-new school didn't have any bells. Well, technically, we still don't in the halls. They ring through our phones, which is the worst. But what? Yeah, it's brand-new school. We're not hooked up. With any bells. So for a while, we had to go off the clock. So you know how that goes. Like, oh, perfect. Sneaking out early, coming in. Oh, I didn't know what time it was. So there's still, I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> ah. That sounds like it's a job for the AD over there, but that guy's a bozo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send him this. I'm send him this. Is that Stolzik over there? It's so, right? Hatters, <laughs> okay. what do you think on that? With their, just their uh, social fluency. You know, I'd say we got a lot of growth. It's a growth area. Yeah. <laughs> growth area. Um, I will say I had a super great time. I mean, Tiger Twalton is a huge rivalry. It was the first time you'd had a packed gym in probably three years. And, man, it was, like, it was super fun. Because awesome. um, it felt like you were like, okay, we can do this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh and it was a great game i mean twalton's obviously super good and and uh are you guys well (laughs) i love our guys they're super good too but just not quite as good as they are (laughs) (laughs) um but uh you know it was it was a fun time so I, i i'm looking forward to things like that yeah like that that is but you know here's the thing like where's your school culture at? Mm-hmm. it's at zero right it's at ground zero yep so you got to start to be building things in that are gonna start to start to reinvigorate like the things that you're talking about right yeah. like yeah, for sure. and um that's the work right now is that like what does it mean for me i haven't been at school in two years so what does it mean for me to be a tiger tie like how do i need to behave how do i need to perform in the classroom like what i'm i'm a part of this greater community you know um and so i don't know i think that's the that's the learning kind of that needs to happen and um and it's tough because that's pretty dependent on your leadership right Mm -hmm. like they create they create what that is yeah. And it's the adults in the building that kind of create that. So, and the adults, hey, let's be honest, the adults are super hurting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. For sure. So, yeah. if you're expecting them to just kind of lead this culture shift of, of for the kids, that might not be how it's going to go down. Right. So, right. 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 Well, I like at our school, we we have a lot of traditions and things that kids do every year, and I we hadn't had we hadn't even tried an assembly. You know, we so they finally tried one, but it was like a big announcement, mostly about rules. You know, and the Zoom call was a mess, and like you know, a couple of teachers are like, "I can't hear," and you know, so like the kids made fun of it. But I was like, "That doesn't matter. We right. tried. We right. need to keep trying. Yeah. If we're yeah. not going to be able to meet in the Commons or whatever, they need to see the principal." I had a freshman who was like the end of our first trimester, and she's like, "I have no idea who our principal is." like Mm. hey there she goes down the hall go look (laughs) but like that's that's what i was trying to explain to our admin like they don't know you Mm -hmm. they have no clue and you need to show up on a you know a google meet that might not go right you know but they we have to show that we are trying as well 
to do those things. Let's try to have an assembly <laughs> on right. a Google Meet. We can do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is, as always, been awesome. We are a pro-education and everyone involved with it podcast and appreciate all of you, as usual, listening to me ramble and add, adding in the expertise as we go through. So good luck with the remainder of the school year, uh, and we will all get back together again, hopefully at some point on the other side of this thing, if that truly exists. But there, there I... March 12th, it's over. March 12th. <laughs> <laughs> what a closing line, Mrs. Ione. <laughs> Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.